Amen. I enjoyed that this morning. Enjoy it every Sunday morning, but I just especially enjoyed it this morning. You getting ready for the watermelon eating contest there, Junior? Huh? This afternoon's contest. You won first place. Yeah. Yeah. First place. Practice melon. He thought it was this Sunday, so he won first place. He got a badge to prove it. Amen. <laughs> Good for you, Steve. I am so glad, Steve, that you got first place. Congratulations, young man. Yes, yes. There might have been only one, but he's still number one. He still won. There's a sermon in there somewhere, right? There's still a sermon in there somewhere. He still won. My goodness. There is going to be a watermelon eating contest Thursday. Mark, are you entered in that? In the watermelon eating contest. Huh? You and Aunt, all right. I am not going to enter. I'm going to watch that one. Uh, and I want to see, I want to be the one that slices up the watermelon, okay? That could be interesting if you get the end, you know what I'm saying? Amen. We plan to have some fun, and, uh, and you know, like we've talked about in the past, as we gather in fellowship, uh, one thing we have in common is Jesus Christ. And we're going to, yes, celebrate the 4th of July, but we're going to be uh, celebrating us as one in Christ as well. Amen? Amen. And, and, you know, I enjoy, uh, I, I enjoy somewhat looking back at history, and especially on days like we have the, the 4th of July and um, our Independence Day, as we talked about, uh, that we're going to have celebration at July 4th. Uh, 1776, we know when that was the Declaration of Independence, but actually it was approved, it was voted on two days before that. I didn't know that until I got to looking at it. And um, uh, so what I also think that is lost in today, and, and I'm not going to, I'm just going to say this one little bit, is our forefathers, founding fathers of this country, relied on Christ and God to lead, guide, and direct them in founding this country. And, 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 and I'm just going to, I'm going to say it and I'm going to leave it, just lay it there. It's a shame to where we're at right now. I'm just going to leave that laying there, okay? It's just a shame. And, and I like, if you've ever researched it, to read what the founding fathers talked about uh, when they talked about forming this country and, and how Christ and God played a role in that. Go back and read some of them in your history. And one of them that I thought that was very interesting was John Adams. He wrote to his wife Abigail uh, after the day after July 2nd. And he was a couple of days off, but he's right in this. He says, the second day of July 1776 will be the most memorable epoch. And I had to look that one up. Epoch, okay. It said, a period of time in history marked by notable events. All right, so I got that one. It's a memorable epoch in the history of, of did I pronounce that right? Huh? Epic? No, it's E-P-O-C-H. -E Still epic? Well, I'll be doggone. They didn't teach us out there where I'm at now. An O sounded like an I. Mark Garrett, you didn't correct me now from first service. You heard me on first service. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I'll remember that one. But epic. I thought epic was E P I C. It's spelled this way, too. Epoch. All right. Well, see, we ain't even got to the first verse yet, Dane. And I done got them arguing amongst ourselves up there. Well, that takes skill right there now, I'm telling you. 
anyway, it's a memorable point in history, okay? Amen. It says in the, in the history of America, and he says, I am apt to believe that it, all, that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be. He was from South Colonies, okay? He said it ought to be uh, commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of God Almighty. It ought to be celebrated with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to another from this time forward forevermore. Amen. And it should be and it will be. I think we carry that out pretty good as 4th of July for this country. Amen. Amen. Now here's the thing about from that day forward. From that day forward, Independence Day, uh, we'll call it July 4th since that's what we celebrate, uh, from that day forward, everybody born in America was born free. You understand? They was born free. They could, we can do what we, we, we want to do. We, uh, it doesn't matter what generation it was, whether it was 1777 or 1987 or 2017. From that day forward, everybody was born free. And, and, and we like to celebrate that. And, and what happened was the Declaration of Independence proclaimed it and the Constitution upholds that, upholds that, right? Are we, are we agreement on that? That's why we celebrate. But, you know, as I thought about that, we as Christians, uh, uh, we weren't born free. We were born into sin. Adam and Eve took care of that. That's a whole different sermon for a different day. But what happened was Adam and Eve sinned, and from all of us, we followed that sin right on. So we're not born uh, free. We're born into sin. But, 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 we... We have a declaration as well, a declaration of independence, and, and, and God's blood proclaimed it, and his word defines it, amen, and upholds it, amen. And so we have our own uh, declaration, and so from, the, from that point forward, just like, uh, just like our, our ancestors, I lost you again, are you are we good, is it you or me? You don't know? Hello, it's the devil, yeah. We're working on it. But, but from that day forward, not only did this country change for generations to come when we were independent of, of Britain, uh, out of, underneath their rule, underneath their submission, underneath their oppression, from that day forward we were freed. And also when we accept Jesus Christ as our declaration of freedom, then we're free from that same oppression of the devil and sin in our lives. It moves us forward and it not only affects the generation now, it's going to affect generations to come. Amen? Our declaration, and, and, and it was interesting that uh, we picked this because if you were here last Sunday night, um, Brother Slack Brown preached on Isaiah 61. He did, didn't he? He preached it too. Well, guess what? We're going to preach it again this morning, <laughs> all right? In a completely different way, I might add. And I didn't even, somebody brought that to my attention at the first service. As you know, Slack preached on that last week. I said, I know he preached. And I said, but I know what God laid on my heart today, and we're going to preach it, and it's completely different than what Slack did. So that's all right. And, and, and look, if God lays me on to preach Isaiah 61 next week, guess what we're going to preach on next week? Isaiah 61. Amen? All right. And <laughs> because uh, that's what we do. But in that, uh, Isaiah 61, we're going to do 1, 2, and I may do part of 3, at least reading it. Um, 
he foretold our independence. He foretold the coming of Christ. He foretold what the mission was on Christ in his first and second coming. And, uh, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So let's go to the Lord in prayer as we get prepared for that. Lord God, we just come to you in the name of Jesus this morning. Lord, we just thank you for this week as we celebrate the independence of a country where we can gather in your name, Lord. We just thank you for the men and women who fought and died, Lord, to secure that all through the ages and the generations. Lord, we thank you for the independence of sin that you give us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for that as well today. Lord God, just to prepare our hearts and our minds for the message you have for us today and just, just open them up, Lord. Lord, let me just get out of the way, Lord. Just let, you, let me just be that mouthpiece for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right. Isaiah 61. And we're going to do one, two, and I'm going to read part of three because it's good stuff, all right? If you're there in Isaiah, say amen. amen. Or if you're not, say amen. amen. Oh, some of you ain't there yet? <laughs> You'll catch up, all right? It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners to proclaim favorable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mount in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, and they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Amen. Amen. First one is when it says the Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me, who is me? Let's talk about who is me. If you will, if you, you don't have to, I'm going to go there and read it. Uh, but in Luke chapter 4, if you'll turn, and that's the only time I'm going to ask you to go somewhere else this morning. Says I get after about the second or third time, I get lost. I know if I'm sitting out there, so we're not going to scatter out too much, all right? Luke chapter 4. If you'll go there this morning. We're going to, be in, we're going to start in verse 14. We there, amen? All right. It says, And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through all the surrounding district. And he began teaching in the synagogues and was praised by all. And he came to Nazareth where he had brought up, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. Now I want to note here two things in that little part. Uh, number one is on the Sabbath day, where was Jesus? He was in church. He was at the synagogue. The second part in that little part I want you to understand is that he had a place in church because he stood up and read. Amen? He was active. He, didn't, he wasn't just there sitting and occupying a seat. Verse 17 says, And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written. He had to search, and he found a place where it was written. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to the, preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovered the sight of the blind. He set free those who are oppressed to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Who is me? Me is Jesus Christ, right? Me in that part that, that prophesies there, 
It's Jesus Christ. And, and, and it was him that, that said, you know what? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's who God sent was his son Jesus. So that me part, when we root through this, is none other than Jesus. The second thing I want us to look at here is that uh, Isaiah didn't really realize it here, but what he's talking about in 1 through 3 is the first and second coming of Christ. Okay? And he talks about up to that first sentence in uh, verse 2. He goes on to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, and then he goes on, and the day of vengeance our God to comfort all the mourn. God or Jesus closed the book on to proclaim that favorable year of the Lord. He said that has been fulfilled. That's the break between the first coming and the second coming of Christ. Okay, so that's what they're talking about there. That's a separation in that part. And and I was listening to J. Vernon McGee on this, and he said, you know how that is, and we get confused about. Uh, we're, we're, we're living in an era of Christ coming back, you know, of he's going to come back, and, and where are we right now? And, and he, he, he's told about looking into the mountains, and when you look at the mountains, uh, sometimes they look like they're, right, like they're right next to each other, don't they? You look out there, and they look like there's one mountain here, and right behind it's the other mountain. But, you know, I've been fortunate enough, I got to go hunting in New Mexico up in the mountains, and when you're sitting at the bottom and looking, they look like, oh, you got that mountain, and then just over a little ways is the next mountain. But when you get to that first mountain, and you look to that second mountain, there's a big valley in between, right? And so when you go over that first mountain, that's Jesus Christ's first coming. That's already happened. We're already over that mountain. Right now we're in that valley going to his second coming, okay? We know it's there. We can see it. His word tells us it's coming. We don't know exactly how far it is over there, but it's over there. We're in that valley right now. You understand what I'm saying? So there's still times what I'm trying to tell you. As long as we're on the valley, there's still time to come to Christ. As long as we're walking in that valley towards that other mountain, we're getting further away from where he was and getting closer to where he is going to be. And let me tell you one thing you think you trudge day by day. Sometimes we get up in the morning, Lord, I just don't want to even go through today. Mark Garrett, I'm here to tell you that I am one day closer to Christ today whew, than I was yesterday. So, Lord God, give me another day because I'm getting closer to you. Whether you come here or I'm going there, every day's another day closer to Christ. We, got a day. we ought to glorify God every morning and we get up, thank you, Lord, for getting me another day closer to you. I'm closer. Amen. But as long as we're in that valley, we can seek the Lord. As long as we're in that valley. Isaiah 55 and 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. I wrote in my notes, the Spirit is upon us now. Right? The Spirit's upon us now. He is not, but he will be. You better call upon him while the Spirit's upon us now. Mm. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord, he says, has anointed me to bring the good news to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. I don't know about you, but has anyone in here ever been uh, old down, tied down, bound up, imprisoned in something in their life and God set you free? Anybody in here been bowed down? Oh, my goodness. That's what he came to do. He says, he sent me, whoo, he sent me to bring good news. He anointed me to bring the good news. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom of the prisoners. Mm. 
I know there's people in here that have been captive to alcohol and God set them free. There's people in here that have been captive to drugs and God set them free. There's people in here that have been captive to relationships and brokenhearted and God set them free. There's people in here that have been brokenhearted by hate and God set them free. I don't care what your chains were that bind you down, that hold you down and oppress you and keep you going. I know that God can set you free because I've been in some of those places where I've been tied down, bound down and think you can't make the next day closer to God. But Jesus set us free. God anointed Jesus to mend those broken hearts. Amen. He tells us, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. He don't say come to me. See, that's the thing about being born in America now. We're all free when we're born. We're free. God says come to me all. That means everybody and anybody. Come to me all who are weary and I'll give you rest. Let me check my Bible again. Yep, it says all. Not just some. Not just them born in this country. Not just them born in Texas. You know, we like. never mind. I ain't going to go there, okay? We got some Oklahomans in the crowd, and that's all right. (laughs) I'll pray for you. (laughs) But he says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Now, now that that come to me. People, I I know some of you, and I know I have asked people to come to church, and I say, oh, no, I'm going to have to quit drinking if I come to church. I'll have to, by God, I'll have to do, I'll have to start acting right. I'll have to do this. No, you don't. My Bible doesn't say come to me and stop doing this and then come to church or come to Christ. It says come to me, period. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me. It doesn't say Jesus and. My Bible says just Jesus. Amen? And you say, well, I have to do. No, you don't. You can come to church. You can come to Jesus while you're drinking. It's all right. right. I'm going to say it's all right. You know why? Because you came to him. See, we come to Christ, and then because we love Him, we want to change things in our life. Not because we have to, but because we want to. We want to be pleasing to the Father, so the things that He says, no, no, we want to change in our lives. And as we do that, then we start to understand, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you how does he give us rest because we start unloading that old junk in our lives to make room for Jesus see for us to make room for him we got to get rid of some stuff because there's only so much going to go in the pot amen just so much all who are whoo that ought to bring you some freedom this morning oh that means everybody no matter where you're at in life this morning you can come to Jesus hmm it doesn't mean just necessarily, I'm, first service didn't get all this, okay? I had time to think a little bit between first and second, all right? When he says, come to me and I'll give you rest, yes, that means salvation, but that means after, too. After you come to him. That's when you get that peace beyond understanding that you realize that everything works for the good of the Lord for those that believe in him. That's when you begin to understand that part. That's when you can face that next day knowing you're one day closer to Jesus. Amen. One day closer. One thing we have to realize here is is who the prophet is writing to. He's writing to his own people, the God-selected people, the people of Israel. 
The people who uh, captivity, they haven't been released from captivity yet, and they haven't still yet, when you think about it. That day's coming. When there's peace over there, you better start looking for the lights and listening for the trumpet when there's peace over there one day because it's still a volatile place. But the text is reminding us that that even amongst their affliction, even amongst their oppression, even amongst the, the problems that they have, that God can still be with us. God can still uh, send us messages. God can still affect our lives, even in the midst of their predicament, I'll just say. Sometimes it don't seem like God's with us. For them, it seems like maybe that God had left them because they're still in captivity. Um, we all, I think it's sometime or another, if we're honest with ourselves, uh, sometimes we do feel alone. Sometimes we do feel isolated. Sometimes we do feel like we're shoved off or shoved down or shoved aside by, by maybe friends, maybe family, maybe even church family. Let's just be honest. We spend enough time together, we're going to hurt each other's feelings sometime or another. The Bible calls for us to come and talk about that, but still, that doesn't help our feelings at the time. We feel like we're alone sometimes. And you know, I can tell you that, that I can take it when it's hard, but I can take it when I feel alone, when family, friends, or, or loved ones has isolated me, and I feel that way because most of the time it's just because of the way I feel, Okay. But what's hard to swallow is when I feel like God's left me. And let me tell you something. God don't leave you. That's all in our head. And I'm not talking about the presence of God. I'm talking about the activity of God. Okay? I'm talking about the activity of God in our lives. God is always with us. He says he won't forsake us. He won't leave us or forsake us. He's always with us. But sometimes we don't feel like he's doing anything in our lives. Even when we pray the prayers ain't answered even when we call out we don't hear anything even when we cry out there's no answer but I'm here to tell you like the word says here that just because we don't see God working just because we don't see freedom don't mean that we ain't free and doesn't mean that God ain't working in your life going through the trials and tribulations that you're going through right now he's still at work Father and son were walking along one day. And the little boy was holding on to his father's hand. And the little boy tripped and fell and skinned his knee. And he got up and said, Daddy, let me just hold on to your finger. He walked on a little longer and the little boy tripped and he fell and he scraped his other knee. And he says, Dad, said, I've held on to your hand and I fell. And I held on to your finger and I lost my grip and fell again. He said, Daddy, why don't you hold on to me? For I know you can hold me up. See, sometimes we hold on so tight to God, we forget that he's also got his grip on us. And where I stumble and fall, God can lift me up. And where I trip and fall on one leg or one knee or fall to the ground, God can lift me up by his grip. We hold on to many things in life. And yes, we ought to hold on to Christ, but we ought to make room for him to hold on to us to keep us from falling. Because I know with my grip I fall. The battle, the, the word says that the battle is not ours. It's not flesh and blood. It's blood. It's a spiritual battle. Amen. And I can't win a spiritual battle, brother. I cannot win it. But God can. Let him hold on to you. Don't let your grip 
become weak because I can tell you his grip will not come weak. He will hold on to you tight and he will lift you up when you don't think you can be lifted up again. He'll get you through it. Many times, and you know, I was talking with a man this morning. He says, gosh, I love the New Testament. He says, but there's so many uh, revelations in the Old Testament and, and prophesizing that applies to our life right now. And that's still going on, that that, that happens. And, and when I think about what the message is here, that, that the Spirit is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring the good news to the afflicted, to bind up the brokenhearted, liberty to the captives, and freedom to prisoners. Even before Isaiah proclaimed it here, it had already been done somewhat. Yes, I know that we're talking about Jesus first coming here, but think about Moses and leading his people out of uh, Egypt into the promised land. You know, uh, part of that was that uh, he went through so many trials and tribulations just getting there. He says, I'm not the one. He tried to tell God, I'm not the one to do it. And then uh, then as they moved out and, and, and the Pharaoh said, go ahead, take the people and go. See, here's the thing is that God sent them a pillar of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night. And the Bible says that it was in front of them and it never left from the front of them. Too many times we focus on the problem and not on the solution. We look behind us and say, oh, woe is me. And we don't look ahead as how to get out of this ditch. We just keep running along in a ditch looking behind behind us and knowing why we can't get up on the road we keep looking behind us the bible says it look ahead of you and it reminds me also about them when they got to the red sea they got to the red jesus or god told them said you know what that jesus god holy spirit father son it's all one so it's good right god said go down to the sea and see what I can do. And so they went to the sea and the, and the Egyptian army was behind them and they were trapped. One side was the sea, one side was the army. And God's word said, those Egyptians, through Moses said, those Egyptian army, your enemies that you see today, you will never see again after today. So what happened? The sea parted and they walked through and the sea closed and we never saw those enemies again. God will open doors for you that you never thought could be opened and hit no man man can close them and he'll close doors and lock them up tight that no man can unlock them he'll show you a way when there ain't no way and the enemies that you see today won't be seen tomorrow if you're looking ahead and not behind now I'll tell you something else that ain't all because God's people were out in the desert and by the way God said I'll show you a highway through the wilderness I'll make a way when there ain't no way so they're in the wilderness and they're hungry I know some of you have been hungry for many things. And God's word says, I'll send you manna from above. And what happened? Quail came and covered the ground. And dew came in the morning and was manna from above. And God's people ate. He says, be full on the word. And so they ate and they were full. But that ain't all because later on in the desert they become thirsty. And they said, we're dying of thirst. We have no water. And God says, look at the rock. Watch the rock and I'll make you some water. And God turned the rock, water from that rock. My word to you this morning is don't look behind you at your enemies. Don't even look at the water. Start looking at the rock and you'll find the water that you're thirsty for. You'll find the solution to the problems in your life. Don't focus on the water. Focus on the rock. 
See, many times in my life, my trials and tribulations was because I was trying to save somebody or something or help somebody or do something when all along it was me that needed saving. See, I was focused on everything but the rock. But when I gave my life to the rock of Jesus Christ, that's when things started changing. That's when doors started opening. My eyes started opening to see where I was going and forgetting where I was being. My gosh. Hmm. That don't bring you glory this morning. That don't give you something to think about and be thankful of freedom from this morning. I don't know if I can do any more. I just don't know. Look ahead and not behind. Because we know that all things work for the good of God for those who love him. All things. When you're in the midst of a trial and tribulations in your life, that all things is pretty important. That all things is hard to understand sometimes. Ain't it? Let's just be honest. Why did this happen to me, Lord? Why did you take them, Lord? Why did this? Why did that? Those all things is hard sometimes. I can look out there amongst you this morning and see those hard all things in your eyes because I know. As a pastor, I feel every one of them. But see, those all things is reserved for God, not for me and you. It's hard to get past sometimes when you're in that all things. Have you ever been to the restaurant and where the sign says, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone? Well, God reserves the right to service for anyone. See, he's still God. He's still the Almighty. He's still on the throne. He's still the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And if he's bringing through you something, through something, he's bringing you through it. And let me tell you, I've said this before, but it goes without saying. One thing that I've learned in my life, brothers and sisters, Many things the Bible's taught me, but one thing I've learned is that when you're going through something, if you'll let Jesus hold on to you and you guide you through it, when you come out on the other side, things are going to be better than they ever were before. Don't matter what that is, it's going to be better. It ain't going to be better. Sometimes that's hard. But aren't you glad that God reserves the right to save everyone? He says, all of you all of you he goes on here very briefly and I want to get to verse 2 and 3 and I'll make it very short because we're talking about the second coming and it says the day of the vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn I'm in the second half of 2 there to grant those who mourn in Zion give them a garland instead of ashes oil of gladness oil of gladness instead of mourning excuse me the mantle of praise instead of a spirit fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness and the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Now understand again, he's talking to the people, his chosen people of Israel here. That day for them's coming. For you and I, those days are already here in a lot of ways. He can change those things. He can give you an oil of gladness instead of mourning. He can put that garland around your neck instead of ashes. He can give you praise instead of a spirit of weakness or fainting. He can do that. Maybe this morning you don't know the freedom that being a child of God is. Maybe this morning you don't understand the freedom that 
God's love gives to us, that we can accept it or we not. And maybe you haven't done that yet this morning. Maybe there's some uh, in, in here this morning that, that, that my goodness, and, and I know, let me tell you, just I just know where you're at. If, if, if you accepted God like I did uh, when I was young, followed him to a certain degree, I'm just going to tell you, I followed God to a certain degree, and then when that something happened in my life, I had two deaths in my life back to back that devastated me. I'm just going to tell you. My best friend in life and my mom within just a few short months of each other. And I felt hurt. They both were taken, and I thought, too early, but it wasn't my call. I understand that now. I didn't at the time. I turned from God. He didn't turn from me, but I turned from him. I was hurt. God, why are you doing this? I understand it's his sovereign right to do that now, but it didn't make it any easier. I didn't understand it at the time. I'll just be honest with you. When I came back, I said, God, I'm going to give you everything I got, but I held back a little bit. You ever think about that? You know, I'm going to give you everything, God, but I'm going to hold back a little bit. I'm going to take it to the altar, Lord, but when I get up, I'm going to take a little bit back with me. I did that too. Went through that period. But it wasn't until I said, Lord God, you lead God and direct me. I'm tired and I'm weary, Lord, and I need some rest. We get tired and we get weary just from day-to-day progress towards Him. We get tired taking that step a day every day. And, Lord, sometimes we just need rest from ourselves and rest from our day. His Word says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I, that being the Christ, will give you rest. See, we got to come to him if we want rest. If you come to him with a little bit, guess what you're going to get? A little bit. If you come with half of what you got, you're going to have half of what he gets. See, we cut God short. Only when you give him everything is he going to give you everything. I can tell you from the walk in my life, it wasn't until I started to understand. You say, well, what if that, that, that I reserve the right, the thing I'm going through, I don't understand. Have you given it all to him and have you searched his word for the answer? When we give it all to him, he'll give it all to us. May not be all you want, but it's all you need. It's all you need. Maybe this morning is your first step towards Christ. Maybe you're in that valley this morning and you've got to get to that other side. And there's only so much time. He may come before we dismiss this morning. Amen? We're still in that valley. There's still time. As we close in prayer like we always do, I'm going to give you that opportunity to come to Christ. To learn that freedom that I'm talking about. And I just want you to get with one of the guys here, the men or women in this church. If, this is, if you just accepted Christ for the first time, or maybe like me, you walked away from him, and this is the morning of liberation and freedom for you to come back. He's sitting there waiting. He never left. You did. I know because I've been there, done that. He's still there. As we close in prayer, we always say a little prayer. We call it the sinner's prayer. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, it shall be done. And that's what we're going to do this morning. Give you the opportunity to start that freedom walk to Christ. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, we just come to you in the name of Jesus this morning. And Lord God, I just pray for those, Lord, that are that that, that Lord are in their uh, because period. Lord, that are in that I reserve the right period in their life, Lord, that they're seeking answers, Lord, that haven't come. 
Lord God, I just pray that you just make yourself known, Lord God, and let us just be comforted with the fact that we know that you're in control. Lord, we don't know why these things happen, but you have, Lord God, we also recognize that you have the solemn right. You made us, Lord, and you can take us when it's your turn. Lord God, we don't always understand it, but we, we, we need to accept it as faith in you, that you know what you're doing, Lord God. And that you're still on the throne, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And Lord, we thank you for that, that you're still there this morning. We thank you for this country where we can just come together, Lord God, and, and worship you with that freedom. And Lord, maybe somebody here this morning don't know the freedom that you give each and every one of us. Maybe they don't know that release that, that, that you give us, that, that peace beyond understanding, that weariness gone, that rest that you give us. You're here this morning and don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, or maybe you walked away from Him, but today's your day to come back. Just say this little prayer along with me. Say, Lord God, I'm tired of being weary, and I'm coming to you for rest. For Lord, I know you walked this earth as a man. That you died upon a cross. That you were buried and raised again in three days. Just like you said you would be. Lord God, I ask you into my heart. to Forgive me of my sins. As I walk with you. Lord God, we just thank you for this beautiful day, Lord. We thank you for this beautiful country, Lord, that you... Lord, anointed, Lord God, and you blessed. And Lord God, may you continue to God bless us in this country. Lord God, we just ask that you lead God and direct us in what we do. Forgive us where we fail you and when we fail and fall. And Lord God, just know that everything we do bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen.